Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of Real Life Ghost Stories. Why do you need to make that noise? I like like making that noise, alright? It's an exciting noise. I want people to feel as excited as I am. Okay. I won't edit it out then. Just this once. Thanks. (laughs) We've got a promo to start off the show today. How exciting. Are you making that noise now? Yeah, I am. It's it's contagious. It's catching. I love doing promos. It makes me really happy. And this promo in particular literally makes me really happy and i will explain why in a second i don't really know how i came across this podcast yeah i feel like there's a story behind it but i can't remember what it is the idea behind their podcast is genius so they've created a podcast which is all about discussing weird ads on craigslist now we call it craigslist but american and canadian people call it craigslist i believe yes craig so their podcast is called dregs of craigs which is clever. And wouldn't work if you pronounced it Craig. Exactly. I listened to their podcast before I decided to do this promo and oh my God, I laughed out loud the whole way through. They're, those guys are just contagious. They're hilarious and they're contagious. So please go and give them a listen because the simplicity and the genius of their podcast actually made me a little bit jealous. Do we have Craigslist here? Probably. I don't really know. It's definitely not called Craigslist though. It would be probably a bit like, I imagine we have versions of it, but Craigslist is a place where you can post ads for just about anything. So they can be like singles ads, they can be ads looking for particular things or selling things. But obviously with kind of open forum websites like that, you do get some weird people and their podcast finds the weirdest and most wonderful ads from Craigslist and they read them to each other and have a laugh about it and it's brilliant. So I'm going to play their promo now. Let's just hope it's not silence. Hello there, physically attractive podcast listener. My name is Steve Ross. I'm Sean Crandall. I'm Dustin White. And we're the hosts of... Dregs of Craigs. On our podcast, we explore the most bizarre, repulsive, and downright confounding Craigslist ads we can find from all over the country, live for your amusement. Come find out the best place to book an axe throwing party for your child's birthday. Stay up to date on Mario's Hawaiian sex marathon. Or just sit back and relax as we make more anime references than any rational human being should be comfortable with. It's a hilarious exploration of how we as a species are drifting further and further from the possibility of redemption. And we want you along for the ride. Listen to Dregs of Craigs on on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So go and listen to Dregs of Craigs. As you can hear from their promo, they are very funny guys. Our review of the week. I'm so excited about this. We are reviewing Ghost Stories. Now, Ghost Stories is a 2018 film. It was released of April, in April 2018. Martin Freeman is in it. I thought he actually had a bigger role in it, but he has it's not a small role, but he doesn't come in until kind of quite late in the film. It's adapted from a play, which I didn't know until I watched the film. It has 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb and 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fair, fair score. 
so before we talk about it, I'm going to read a really brief synopsis because I feel like if we try and do a synopsis, we're going to get carried away. And just give away everything. And give away everything. Yeah. So a debunker of all things paranormal, Professor Philip Goodman, who's played by Andy Nyman, has devoted his life to exposing phony physics and fraudulent supernatural shenanigans on his own television show. His scepticism is put to the test, however, when he receives files of three chilling, inexplicable cases. A night watchman played by Paul Whitehouse, haunted by disturbing visions as he patrols an abandoned asylum. An edgy young man, Black Mirror's Alex Lothar, involved in a hellish car accident deep in the woods. And a wealthy former banker, Sherlock's Martin Freeman, visited by the poltergeist spirit of his unborn child. Even scarier, each of these macabre stories seems to have a sinister connection to Professor Goodman's own life. Will they make a believer of him yet? Dan, what were your thoughts on this film? I am still a little unnerved by it, actually, even though we know the ending. It's left me slightly on edge. Why has it left you on edge? There was quite a lot of jump scares. It did a good job at, at building attention. Very clever. There's little things that you're noticing when you're going all the way through and you're a little bit like, hmm, I've seen that before. The acting is very good as well, which helped because I thought Paul Whitehouse's character at the beginning was just... Ah, oh, he was great. He's really good. So Paul Whitehouse is the guy who is in the Night Watchman in the Lunatic Asylum. And because a lot of our listeners are obviously American, Paul Whitehouse is a famous British actor, but he did like a skit show. Comedian, yeah. Yeah, he did, a, he did a, um, yeah, a sketch show when I was really little. I don't really remember it. I remember seeing bits of it, but I'm not kind of massively up on it. So, And he is brilliant in it. Really He's good. really, really good. Actually, everybody who's in it, I think, is really good. Yeah, that guy um, that it's your synopsis labelled him as Black Mirrors, but we know him from the end of the fucking world. That guy, yes, that's what yeah, it's called. The end. He's of the uh, world. he is just brilliant as a as a as a sort of slightly on edge wired person. Or yeah, he's very good, and he has yeah. um he has a classic horror face. I found it genuinely scary, but I just couldn't take my eyes off it. It was so good and so clever. I loved it. As Dan said, there's loads of little bits that you notice going through where you're like, I've seen this before. Why is this relevant? Why does this keep coming up? And there's a twist at the end and I never saw it coming. I did not see. I, I just had no idea that was what was going to happen. So the, the three paranormal stories that he investigates are all told in the film. So you have these short little stories and they're three really different stories. So you've got one in an asylum, one is a poltergeist and the other one, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's not what no. I would have expected. And no, it was, no, no, I just no, no. loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, there was some really like, the jump scares are really good in it, actually. Yeah, they're legitimate jump scares. But, and you always know something's coming up and it's just, yeah, it just left me feeling really unnerved, which is odd, really. But a good thing, though. I think it's good that it left you unnerved because a good horror film should do that. I just want to shout out to Will, by the way, for recommending this film to us because I wasn't really, it wasn't on my radar. Yeah. I know also Sinead from The Demon Gin had been raving about it too, yeah and i'd just like to say sinead and will i listened to you and i remembered it was a stage play so someone one of us is listening to you i don't listen to anybody so i'm sorry but i was really impressed with it i would give i keep lamping out five stars for films at the oh, moment uh, yeah who's supposed to be the one that just likes any film here i know i really liked it though i absolutely loved it if you follow me on instagram you will see i went to do an instagram story and then got a massive jump scare instead but I just posted it anyway. Which is even funny. better because you thought she was going to film me and catch me doing it. Yeah, I did. I thought I was going to film Dan. I didn't. I ended up filming myself. So yeah, I'd give it five stars just because, just because I thought the acting was brilliant. I thought the three stories were really good and they left you with loads of questions. There's a big twist in the ending and it's an unusual twist and it's a really interesting twist and I enjoyed it. Yeah, and the main character is an idiot. I hated him all the way through it. I think you're meant to hate him. Oh, 
This is I annoying. really think you're meant to hate him. Like, it's just got no people skills at all. I know that's strong coming from me, but... Oh, yeah, I was. I didn't even need to say anything. I just gave him a look. <laughs> yeah, so I'd give it five stars. I would. Do you know what? I'd also give it five. Yay! Yeah, no, definitely. We uh, need some balloons to come from the ceiling and confetti. I think and... it was better than Babadook. I don't know. I do, because I think it's cleverer. Oh, I don't know. Because I think they're such different films it's too hard to compare for me i liked them both obviously clearly because i gave them both five stars but they're so different well like a little bit of a thinker there wasn't much of like yeah like babadook's just scary and like there's loads of stuff going on and like it is obviously if you've got your theory about it which makes it a bit more like oh think about that but whereas this is this this one's challenging you to think from the start isn't it yeah i guess last thing is martin freeman not being martin freeman for a bit as well which is quite yeah, he's Martin Freeman not being Martin Freeman for a couple of minutes and then yeah. he turns into Martin Freeman yeah. again. Martin Freeman is never not Martin Freeman in films. If you question this, go back and watch anything that Martin Freeman's ever done. I really like him, don't get me wrong. Even, really like even him. Black Panther is just American Martin Freeman. Yeah, he is. Bad American Martin Freeman. Our episode today is unusual. There are elements of it that are potentially paranormal. I'll leave that up to you to decide at the end. So, before we crack on with the episode, do you think that twins have psychic powers i think there's a connection between twins which i guess would be a psychic connection but maybe uncontrollable okay so i don't think they can like communicate with each other without talking and stuff like that but they might inherently know what each other are doing and stuff like that so like maybe they have a psychic link rather than psychic powers okay that's really interesting so all of this story is documented so this isn't hearsay this is a story that there's been books written about. There's a documentary about. I'll link the documentary into the Facebook page if you're interested in it. It's still relevant to this day. But we'll get to that at the end because I don't want to ruin it before we begin. You ready? No, because it involves children and they're scary. This story is called The Silent Twins. June and Jennifer Gibbons were the daughters of Caribbean immigrants Gloria and Aubrey Gibbons. Shortly after their birth in Yemen their family moved to somewhere I can't pronounce in Wales. The twin sisters were inseparable and their particular high-speed Bajan Creole made it difficult for people to understand them. As the only black children in the community, they were ostracised at school. This proved to be traumatic for the twins, eventually causing their school administrators to dismiss them early each day so that they might avoid being bullied. Their language became even more idiosyncratic at this time. Soon, it was completely unintelligible to others. Their language qualified as an example of cryptophasia, exemplified by the twins' simultaneous actions, which often mirrored each other. Eventually, the twins spoke to no one except each other and their younger sister, Rose. By age 11, the girls had begun walking in absolute sync around the town. When they walked down the street, their steps were perfectly matched. However, if anyone dared to look at them, they would freeze completely until the passerby looked away. Isn't that so weird? I'm just going to pause for a second. Isn't that so... Just the vision of that really freaks me out. It's a little bit like Shining, isn't it? Some twins. It is. Oh, yeah. Mm. We're children of the corn. Oh, yeah, it is a bit, isn't it? So just so you know, cryptophasia, because I had to look this up, is a specific language developed by twins. And it's been studied... And it's a psychological phenomenon that happens between twins where they that, develop their own language. That's mental. Isn't it? Yeah. I wonder whether they sit down. They probably don't even sit down and talk about it, do they? No, they probably don't. They, it probably just happens naturally. Okay, I've got psychic powers. So, let's continue. Okay. When the twins turned 14, a succession of therapists tried unsuccessfully to get them to communicate with others. They were sent to separate boarding schools in an attempt to break their isolation. Ooh. 
but the pair became completely catatonic and entirely withdrawn when parted. So being catatonic means that you're completely non-responsive. Whoa. Yes, yeah, so that, that, that what happened any time they tried to separate them. When they were reunited, the two spent several years isolating themselves in their bedroom, engaged in elaborate plays with dolls. They created many plays and stories in a sort of soap opera style, reading some of them aloud on tape as gifts for their sister Rose. So immersed were the pair in their own world that their family would not see them for days on end, and their mother resorted to leaving food outside the door. Inspired by a pair of gift diaries on Christmas 1979, they began their writing careers. They sent away for a mail-order course in creative writing, and each wrote several novels, set primarily in the United States and particularly in Malibu, California. The stories involved young men and women who exhibit strange and often criminal behaviour. In June's Pepsi-Cola Addict, The high school hero is seduced by a teacher, then sent away to a reformatory where a homosexual guard makes a play for him. In Jennifer's The Pugilist, a physician is so eager to save his child's life that he kills the family dog to obtain its heart for a transplant. The dog's spirit lives on in the child and ultimately has its revenge against the father. Jennifer also wrote Discomania, the story of a young woman who discovers that the atmosphere of a local disco incites patrons to insane violence. She followed up with The Taxi Driver's Son, a radio play called Postman and Postwoman, and several short stories. And I want to read these stories. They sound incredible. Some of them are self-published, so we'll find them. Amazing. The novels were published by a self-publishing press called New Horizons, and they made many attempts to sell short stories to magazines but were unsuccessful. The girls committed a number of crimes, including arson, which led to them being admitted to Broadmoor Hospital, a high-security mental health hospital. Oh, they're in Broadmoor? Yes. Oh, my gosh. They remained in Broadmoor for 14 years. Ugh. June later blamed this lengthy sentence on their selective mutinous. Juvenile delinquents get two years in prison. We got 12 years of hell because we didn't speak. We lost hope, really. I wrote a letter to the Queen asking her to get us out, but we were trapped. Placed on high doses of antipsychotic medications, they found themselves unable to concentrate. Jennifer apparently developed a neurological disorder resulting in involuntary repetitive movements. Their medications were apparently adjusted sufficiently to allow them to continue the copious diaries they had begun in 1980, and they were able to join the hospital choir, but they lost most of their interest in creative writing. During their time in Broadmoor, the girls resided in separate rooms, often numerous corridors away from each other. In spite of the distance between them, there were numerous reports that nurses would regularly find one girl in a catatonic state, frozen in an unusual position. The other twin would always be found frozen in the exact same position, in her room, numerous corridors away. Weird. The case achieved some notice due to newspaper coverage by the Sunday Times journalist Marjorie Wallace. The British tabloid The Sun gave a brief account of their story headlined Genius Twins Won't Speak, an apparent reference to their having tested above average intelligence when being considered for Broadmoor Hospital. The pair were also the subject of the 1986 television drama The Silent Twins, broadcast on BBC Two as part of its Screen Two series, and an inside story documentary Silent Twin Without My Shadow, which aired on BBC One in September 1994. Despite being inseparable, the twins had a love-hate relationship and reportedly tried to murder each other numerous times and in various ways. 
Jennifer tried to strangle June with a radio cord and June tried to drown Jennifer by throwing her off a bridge. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, weird, 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 weird. The twins developed bizarre rituals. They took turns eating. On any given day, only one twin was allowed to eat. The other twin would starve for the day. They would decide who would wake first in the morning. They would play games where if one twin stopped breathing, the other must stop breathing too. According to Wallace, the girls had a long-standing agreement that if one died, the other must begin to speak and live a normal life. During their stay in hospital, they began to believe that it was necessary for one of them to die. And after much discussion, Jennifer agreed to make the sacrifice of her life. In March 1993, the twins were transferred from Broadmoor to the more open Caswell Clinic in Bridgend in Wales. On arrival, Jennifer could not be roused. She was taken to hospital where she died soon after of acute myocarditis, a sudden inflammation of the heart. There was no evidence of drugs or poison in her system and her death still remains a mystery. At the inquest, June revealed that Jennifer had been acting strangely for about a day before her release. Her speech had been slurring and she had said that she was dying. On the trip to Caswell, she had slept in June's lap with her eyes open. On a visit a few days later, Wallace recounted that June was in a strange mood. She said, I'm free at last, liberated, and at last Jennifer has given up her life for me. After Jennifer's death, June gave interviews with Harper's Bazaar and The Guardian. By 2008, she was living a quiet and independent life near her parents in West Wales. She was no longer monitored by psychiatric services, has been accepted by her community and sought to put the past behind her. A 2016 interview with her sister Greta revealed that the family had been deeply troubled by the girl's incarceration. Hang on a second, who's Greta? Another sister. Ah, okay. She blamed Broadmoor for ruining the lives of the family and for neglecting Jennifer's health. She had wanted to file a lawsuit against Broadmoor, but Aubrey and Gloria refused, saying that it would not bring Jennifer back. The end. The end. Wow. So what are your thoughts on that one? So many thoughts. It's interesting. It's a very interesting story. I think I say say this every time. I think it's like my placeholder to think. It's an interesting story. Hmm. It is. I love this story. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe like, I've got lots of things to say, so maybe you need to say something to sort of guide my rambling. So what do you think about the fact that they were found in the same frozen positions, numerous corridors away from each other all the time? I reckon they were doing that thing that they do in um, Insidious. Traversing planes. Yes. Like astral. Astral planes, yeah. Astral. It's called something in astral surfing. I'm going to call it that. Astral surfing. And that's how they met with each other when they were so far away. So they both go into the catatonic stake and then the spirit would come out of their body and then they go into the corridor and they'd meet up with each other, shoot the shit, and then... Go back to their bodies, like that. Oh, that just seems like a bit of an effort, really. No, it's amazing, isn't it? So I've seen videos of these girls together. Okay. And there was one particular video where they were eating in a canteen. Um, I think it was when they were first incarcerated into Broadmoor and they were all... So everybody was eating as they do normally and the two girls, it's like they were in slow motion. It was the most bizarre thing I think I've ever seen. Because they, they were recorded because obviously people wanted to study to study them. It is It is like they were in slow motion. What if they were doing the studying though? Like, what if they were self-studying and like they realised that there was some, like they realised there was a connection between them, and then they're actually putting it all to the test. But they hated their connection between them. They tried to kill each other, for God's sake. Yeah, sometimes, but other times they worked quite well together, like walking in tandem. Imagine that's quite a skill. That. Like that's so weird. It just makes me feel funny. So it, Jennifer's death, then. 
like you know how they talk about like a uh, old couples where like they've been married for years and then one of them dies and the, and the other dies just gives up heart. yeah so maybe she just gave up because she realized I, I just i can't get my head around it how can you just how can you how can your heart just like I, obviously, maybe I, I, I it was it. one spirit in two bodies and just had to get rid of one of the bodies because it was just too much because i i get that like people drop dead i like the way you just i just ignored that, that. <laughs> i get that people drop dead yeah right i know that that happens but like she said they both said that one of them would never make it to caswell and that it would be jennifer that would die they both said it and this woman marjorie the woman who actually got really close to them and wrote the book about them so before they went to Caswell, she was obviously really happy for them. Jennifer said to her, but I'm not going to go there. And Marjorie was like, of course you're going to go there. And she was like, no, no, I'm going to die. And she was completely calm about it. She's like, I'm going to die before I get there. Premonition. But they, no, it's, it's like, it's like they willed her to death. Yeah. The, the pair of them. It's like Jennifer and June decided they just willed her to death. I, it just blows my mind. And they decided that she was going to die because she was the, in their mind, she was the weaker twin. In Jennifer and June's mind, she was the weaker twin. Interesting. Isn't that just mad? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. There's probably something to it as well. Oh, there's something going on. I don't know. There's something about it, though. That's like a little bit sinister. Why do you think it's sinister? It's almost like there's like like something's gone wrong. Like they, they were never supposed to be twins. Oh, that's interesting. Do you see what I mean? Like yeah, It's no, almost it's like they're held it, it, back by each other. They were massively held back by each other. And see, the thing was, is that when they were little... They had, um, they both had a speech impediment that, like, psychologists believe that part of the reason why they stopped talking because yeah. of their Bayesian Creole and because of their speech impediment, they got sick of people saying, oh, Sorry, what? Can you repeat that? So they just stopped speaking altogether. That was the kind of beginning of them just becoming completely symbiotic and not having an existence outside of each other. Yeah, maybe they were just too close. Maybe the connection was just too strong because they were intelligent enough to realise that it's like it had to give do you want to know something else mad that I didn't include in the story I'm not sure now because I feel a bit they both lost their virginity to the same boy yeah mm. I know it's just weird the whole thing is weird isn't it yeah the whole thing is just that's that's very odd just so strange like everything about this story just slays me what if they were aliens oh my god <laughs> Way to try and shoehorn in a paranormal aspect. No, I'm not. I'm not actually. You know I, I went aliens because I knew it'd get a reaction from you. Um, but I do think it is a little bit odd. Like I do. Maybe a paranormal is probably not the right word, but it, it does. Like I feel like they were were never meant to be twins. I, I never. I didn't. I never thought about it like that. Like it was almost as if they were supposed to be sisters, but but something went wrong. Yeah, something went wrong is kind of a pejorative way to look at it. Or to say it, but I get what you mean. It's like, yeah, it's like they weren't enough. There wasn't enough of them to be two people. Yeah. Like emotionally and spiritually. Like or they at least not at the same time. It's just so weird. Isn't like it? maybe, maybe like, story. what was it, Jean? Jean and... Jennifer. Jennifer. So maybe like Jennifer was supposed to be like, maybe they were supposed to be like Irish twins. Oh, like have, you know, whatever amount of yeah, 11 months But they were supposed to be separate people. Yeah. And they came at the same time. So then that... Because of... What, what you're saying there is that you are knocking about waiting to be born because that's what you're saying is that you there's a spirit that is knocking about waiting to be born yeah i think there's a spirit to people yeah no that's different it's different to say there's a spirit to people than there's like a spirit i'm not saying like a ghost but i mean an essence of a human that is just waiting to be born yeah it's called a sperm oh don't say the <laughs> s word that's disgusting i hate that word you're the one talking about essence yeah, I didn't mean the <laughs> S word. Ugh. You're gross. Um, yeah, why not? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for elaborating. That's my scientific that. proof of the fact. Why not? 
what are you so going to do what, about what it? Do you, what do you think? If you were to say whether or not this was paranormal, what do you think? No, I don't think paranormal. Okay, fair. Not, not to the true sense, not like to how we... It's not normal, but I don't think it's like... I don't think it's got that sort of ghostly demon possession, anything like that to it. Or no, even, I, even aliens. I was I joking about agree, that. I agree, but I do think that twins have something otherworldly about Supernatural, them. Supernatural, maybe. So twins, uh, when I was doing my research for this story i looked up loads of stuff about twins and creepy twins and and various different twins and there's so many cases of twins like being the other side of the world from each other and feeling the same pain at the same time or there was this one case where this guy died so this 72 year old man and um, was hit by a truck when he was on his bike and he died and the paramedics were called and then there was another call out at the exact same time for a 72 year old man who'd been hit by a truck a couple of streets away and it was his twin brother how does that well, happen? Both got hit by the truck at the, same time. at the same time. Isn't that insane? That's weird. But I there's but there's there's biological. I'd say there's like without being a scientist, funnily enough, <laughs> there's there's like um there must be a biological uh, basis for that though because they come from the same egg. Do you know what I mean? They were the same thing at one point and then they split, right? Will mates. Exactly. But they they split like they were from the same matter originally, yeah? Not necessarily. It depends no? on whether you're identical twins or not. These people were identical twins, by the way. There you go. But that's that's proof science with Dan. so did you there was also another set of twins um where they were separated at birth and they were both adopted and then they found each other later in life these men and they had both had the same name for their dog as children they were both married twice they both married a woman with the same name they both named their children the same name they both had the same hobbies they both drove the same car they i think i think so, down to like they showed up to meet each other wearing the same clothes like absolute i'll link all this stuff on the facebook page so you know i'm not making it up but absolute lunacy i think there's something i think there's something really fascinating about twins yeah but i think there's there's there probably is some kind of connection to them because they're, they're coming out they spent a lot of time with each other <laughs> they did spend a huge amount of time they developed with each other like well, literally we spend a lot of time with each no other. but we didn't develop with each other that's true do you know what i mean like even like so there's always a gap if you're not twins there's always a gap so even if you grow up with like people yeah there's always some kind of difference. That's so true. even if you have best mates that are born like weeks apart or whatever, they still grow up with different parents. Yeah. Whereas these twins have literally developed from point zero. And these girls in particular, because they isolated themselves from the rest of the world. So they were in the same room together for like days and days and days yeah. and days and night on end. And they hate to be separated and stuff. So yeah, it's a weird story, isn't it? It wasn't, it, it's not one that I think... Um, fancy sending kids, fancy sending them to Broadmoor for 12 years. Like, what's going on that's there? That's shocking, mental. isn't it? That is shocking. I think that was part of the reason why that woman, Marjorie, was so interested in them was because she couldn't believe they were sent to Broadmoor, couldn't believe that they were sent to Broadmoor for so long and couldn't believe that these two girls who burnt a building down, an, an empty building, didn't hurt anybody, who burnt a building down were with murderers and yeah. rapists and awful, awful... I wonder if there's another level to that story as well that we don't know. Maybe there is. It just it just seems bizarre that they were sent to Broadmoor. I wonder, was it a racial thing as well, though? Because it was in the 70s and... Could be, but it, does, it still seems quite extreme to... No, I don't know. It just seems a bit mental to me. Like, it seems so over the top. And, like, 12 years is a long time. Like, I know you said that one of them wrote a letter to the Queen. Yeah. Or they said, like, oh, you know, most people get two years. We were yeah, there for 12. And, but because they were selective mutes. Yeah, but what? Why? Like, oh, they're not talking, so we've got to keep them for a lot. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Maybe there is something else going I on. Did, they didn't... I don't remember there Adamantium being anything... experiments. I don't remember there being anything in the story about them being a danger to others either. Yeah. Like, there wasn't... 
I don't remember them threatening other than each other when they tried to kill themselves numerous times or tried to kill each other rather numerous times but there didn't seem to be anything in the story about them being particularly violent they were a bit wild like they start I think they started like drinking and experimenting with drugs and then just burned stuff down because that was what they wanted to do I don't think anybody expected them to end up in Broadmoor for so long okay so I'm going to leave it there yeah probably wise <laughs> probably wise you, you won't be aware but I've just cut out loads of Dan's rambling from this episode because because it was just insane. If anybody wants to know the real story behind these silence wins, <laughs> you have to get in contact with me. I'm on Twitter. We went on to prophetic scrolls and we got that far and I stopped it. I cut it there because I was like, no, this is not happening. So before we go, before we end today's yes, episode, yes. we have three new reviews. And 4,000 downloads. <laughs> And over 4,000 downloads And over 4,000 Like, thank you. We had 1,000 downloads in a week. That's mental. That is very good. So where, where are all them sponsors at? Silence. As like I said that into an no, wait, echo chamber. I can, wait. No, no, I thought so too. I thought just, I heard just, something. Just been snoring. Yeah, just, just, yeah. So I would like to thank Fanal Rock. Ooh. Interesting username. Who said, I've been looking for new podcasts that keep me scared, laughing and wanting more every week. After subscribing and unsubscribing to so many, this podcast finally hits the mark. Love the chemistry. And with episodes being only 30 minutes 30-ish minutes long. Keeps me wanting more. Great job, guys. And keep it up. Thank you. We love you. And we don't cool have chemistry in real life, by the way. Cool username, too. Yeah. I don't it's get it. Fraggle Rock. Oh, like... Down a Fraggle Rock. Is that an American thing? You don't remember Fraggle Rock? No. You're so young. I know. Yeah, I'm sorry. Don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. And our next review is... A brilliant podcast for anyone who loves ghosts and eerie mysteries. The hosts are both entertaining and genuinely likeable. And the episodes leave you hungry for more. Thank you, Sinead from The Demon Gin. We love you, Sinead. Sinead, you make our life worth living. At some point, we'll do the episode that you were actually talking about as well. Uh, Yes, we will. Sorry, I know. And the last one is Entertained Paranormal Skeptic. Ooh... Just caught up with all the episodes after a post-Christmas binge and wanted to say how entertained I am by the podcast. My first podcast I've ever downloaded, subscribed to and even listened to as well. Emma and Dan are funny and engaging hosts and it's great to hear their discussions include the possibility of how something could be a manifestation of the real or extra real for the stories that they cover. Even though I'm a sceptic of anything supernatural, Dear David had me screaming viral marketing from the beginning. Holler at that one, I feel you there. Emma's telling of the tales leaves a chill and Dan's reactions are hilarious. A great balance of fun and frights. Looking forward to many more. Thank you. Do you know that's from? That's from Dave Keane. Hey. Thank you, Dave Keane. Dave Keane is a friend of the show. Yes, he I'm is. I was so tempted to do a Scottish accent then. Don't even try nah, because neither of us can do it. No, no. And thank you to Sinead also who is a friend of the show and we love her. And if you're listening to this and you've binged all our um, episodes, can you just tweet us at real ghost pod with the hashtag binge life please just so i can see how many of you have actually binged oh that's exciting yeah so do do tweet us on real ghost pod you can also find us on instagram which is at real life ghost stories and i'm always on instagram i post on there all the time you can find us on facebook we have a closed group called real life ghost stories podcast and don't bother looking for us on snapchat because i don't really use it sorry sorry to those people who have us on snapchat already and finally make sure you go and listen to dregs of craigs i promise you it's worth it but for my british and irish listeners that is c-r-a-i-g-s so craig dregs of craigs (laughs) but it doesn't work so much but yeah um before we go go on if you had a twin what would your twin's name be i get to pick it yeah i get to name my own twin yeah 
I'd give him a shit name because I wouldn't... I don't want my twin to have a better name than me. Like, I don't want my twin to have a better name than Emma. And every name is better than Emma because everybody's called Emma. I'd give them, like, a really horrible name so that they get bullied. Like? Like, shitbag. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, do you know that episode of Family Guy where they make the... um. The clones that are just a little, just a little, little bit off. Yeah. That will be what my twin would be like. A nice. runt. Nice. Nice. Yeah. You know what it be? What? If it was an identical twin, I'd call it Tabitha. Why? Why not? Tabitha? Yeah. You said that with such deference as well. You were like, oh, I've nailed this. Yes. I just don't understand why. Why not? That's fair. And with that, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>